Huh. I guess Mr. Borges was actually telling the truth. For once. What exactly is Rhydonium? It's a fuel. Mostly been mined out on Abafar. It's volatile and dangerous. Yes, we do have a new mission. Stop the Separatists from blowing up that cruiser. I'll cover you and clear the way, Colonel. You all head straight to the shuttle. I'll take care of those clankers. Hmm, sounds like a good plan. You soldiers ready to get dangerous? I'll meet you at the shuttle, sir. Let's roll. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Uto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, in a nearly vacant town, our heroes happen upon a clone commando named Gregor who is suffering from amnesia. Will Colonel Gascon and the droids be able to remind Gregor of who he is and call him back into action to get them off this desolate rock? Hey, Chips, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of The Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of The Clone Wars, he's the Rex to my Gregor. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going? And we're going to talk about the 99th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, although... I should note here that because we skipped 501, this is the 100th release of Clone Wars episodes. So I'm sure it was a big deal for them at the time, or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It's not like they did anything special for it, as far as I can tell. Although, maybe every episode with R2 is special, right, Rabbi? Let's just go with that. Oh, yeah. But it's written by Brent Friedman. It's directed by Stuart Lee, and it's season 5, episode 12, Missing in Action. So, Robbie, let's roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Missing in Action before you rewatched it again this week. Well, this one is the continuation of this arc, right? But we got to meet Gregor. And Gregor is, at least for me, he was a very memorable character. I mean, it's like a stark contrast between what we've seen from some of the other deserters before. It's sort of a very heartfelt, kind of cool episode. I mean, I really like this episode a lot. So it was one that I did remember, and it was one that, uh, it was just a lot of fun to see play out again. Well, of course, the way it plays out is that it starts with the tale of Gascon and Wack kind of stumbling and bumbling along enjoyably enough through this backwater town on a backwater planet until Gascon spies a diner and then he sends the mechs off while he and Corporal Wack head inside to refuel as he puts it and then inside the diner Gascon and Wack both suffer from some kind of prejudice from the diner owner Borkus. It's the old we don't serve your kind here situation which of course we all think back to a new hope right when the droids aren't served in the cantina when it played as, I guess, a pretty clear commentary on segregation-era America from George. But when I really sat up in this episode was a few moments later when I heard a clone say, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. And Gascon immediately pegs him as a clone, and we immediately recognize the voice. I mean, that's D. Bradley Baker doing his thing. And the guy claims his name is Gregor. And like you said, I was thinking... 
is this another Cutler Queen? And it also made me realize how bereft we've been of clones for so long, it feels like. I mean, since Arbara, which was 15 episodes ago now, the only clone we've had really is Rex, aside from Cody in that very, very brief tease in the test of strength, I guess. And even with Rex, we've only had him as kind of a fourth fiddle in the slaver arc. Maybe even a fifth fiddle's are too. So hearing D. Bradley Baker's clone voice again was super welcome, and I got immediately excited, and I hadn't realized how much I'd been missing the clones, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird things, too, is that you've got him show up, and like you said, you're immediately reminded of, you know, what's going on here? Is this a Cut Laquain thing? What is this? But it's also, like, I don't know, like you were talking about the sort of the prejudice type things, right? Right. One of the things that Gascon says is that I found really an interesting thing, and almost, like, I'm just now thinking of this, is that he's almost commenting on small town life. And the people that break out of small town life. Because he even says, nobody would choose to be here. Right. And sometimes, I don't know how much, you know, you travel around. I I have no idea what your kind of view on sort of, I, I guess you could say, you know, suburban or even rural type living is like. I mean, I've lived in a literal jungle for six months. So, right. that, I don't know if it gets more rural than living in a literal jungle with, you know, people who don't have power, but... Yeah, I've seen all sides. I mean, I have family that live in rural parts, yeah, so I, I get where you're coming from. So it's it's a weird thing, though, right? It's this idea of some people are completely fine with living in a place like that, that, you know, maybe they don't have some of the technological advances that some of the cities have, but, you know what I mean? It's like they don't have all the things that, like, someone like me, like, I live in a pretty well-established neighborhood in a pretty large metropolitan area. There's things that I'm used to that people that live out, I would say, like in the boonies, they don't have. So it's kind of interesting when you drive through some of those places and you talk with some of those people. It's like, do they choose to live here or is, are they stuck here? And that's one of the things that I was thinking about when he said that. It's like some people, they say, well, no one would choose to live here. Like, well, from your point of view, yeah. But some people love that kind of life. The quiet life and all that stuff, a good life. It's kind of an interesting thing. And it's almost interesting to look at Gregor from that point of view. It's like, when you're faced with who you are, do you make the choice to do your duty? Or do you choose that quiet life, like Cut does? Sure, and of course, as soon as we meet Gregor, there's a who, and there's a how, and there's a why, and there's a what? Yeah. Because this guy has this mysterious new character. He claims, at least, that he doesn't know what a clone is. And so he's apparently trying to fly under the radar here. He's denying that he even knows what a clone is. But then we find out when Gregor asks his boss, Borkus, what a clone is, that Gregor really doesn't know what a clone is. And so this sets him apart from Cutler Quain. He's not a deserter. He's something else. And at this point, I'm thinking, what, did he end up getting ejected from a transport ship when he was a little baby clone and picked up here? I don't know. But obviously, it turns out he was part of a crashed ship on a mission and has amnesia but i really love that we get this different kind of story about a clone who's not part of the clone army but it's for a different reason than we've ever seen before yeah gregor is one of those that of course it's a heroic thing that he does you know all the way throughout the episode and the choices that he makes are definitely you know you could definitely say noble but at the same time it brings up some of those things like what i'm talking about is like you know if you live a quiet life some people are fine with that some people are just, you know. Yeah. He definitely feels more stuck than choosing to do what he's doing. Correct. Right. He feels, I'm sure young people think about this a lot. They think about, 
do they choose to try to break out of their small town surroundings and they grow up to try to do something bigger or do they make peace with that and you know decide to live their life in the small town they grew up in and it's kind of an interesting kind of thing it's like well well, I don't think anyone is meant to do anything it's really just a choice so I I find that just really interesting well unless you're Luke Skywalker because his whole thing is that he was desperate to bust out of his small town you know the whole theme of Star Wars is to try and grow beyond where you come from and whether that means a place whether that means a spirit you know whether that means it's really just means growing beyond your limitations right and so the sort of theme of Star Wars has always kind of been to look towards those twin suns to look towards the horizon and try and grow as a person and try and move into new places to try and have new adventures I guess oh I totally agree but it's I don't know I guess maybe from my point of view it's like there are people that don't crave excitement don't crave the the big expansive cities and the sure. you know what I'm saying. It's just it it's I was trying to put myself in that point of view because I've never been one to want to live in a small rural town. But at the same time, there's sort of a almost a beauty in that. Oh, there's definitely beauty in that. I would if I could choose, I would live somewhere more rural for sure, with green fields around <laughs> for sure. I mean, suburbia is. It has its conveniences, but when it comes to the soul and the spirit, you know, I'm more of a Yoda, let's say. I will live in a swamp, you know, or a jungle (laughs) with no one around. Or, you know, Ben Kenobi, go and live in a desert, although maybe he had a reason for that. But, yeah, I always like getting out of the city. And, you know, you give up a little bit of convenience, but, man, it lets your soul breathe. But, I mean, that's not really even applicable to what's going on here in this episode because... I'm not going to choose to live in this town. This is like a hellscape. (laughs) And the town itself is a dead-end place. You know, that's not something that I have ever had to contemplate living in. I just just thought it would have been funny if somebody had overheard him say that. And they're like, hey, this is my home. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And that's kind of like what Yoda does in Dagobah, you know? Yeah, right. Slimy, mud hole. Yeah, that whole thing. And you know, I love any time, we've talked about this before, but I love any time we get to see how the regular folks of that galaxy far, far away live. I think the first time I talked about it might have been bounty hunters, when we see on Felucia how the Felucians live, you know, and they're a farming community, and that's a community that I'd be pretty happy to live in, hanging out on the farm and, you know, living that rural life with plenty of fresh air to breathe and plenty of space to roam, but here... It's a very different kind of humble life. It's a below-ground, cockroach-infested environment <laughs> that's pretty grubby, like everything else in this grubby town. I mean, this whole storyline is grubby. We didn't mention in the last episode that about 20 seconds after the droids and Gascon take off on their mission, they're all of a sudden caked in dust, and, you know, they, they put a new skin on these models, I guess, but they're all worse for wear just from living in this harsh environment. So I really dug those scenes where Gascon and the droids show Gregor who he really is just for their environment alone just to see that apartment you know what an apartment is like in this world even if it's an apartment that I probably wouldn't choose to live in and of course that leads to Gregor waking up to who he really is and it involves R2 using the old hologram trick like hey here's a little bit of an awakening it's an awakening for Luke in A New Hope when he sees the little hologram and it's another awakening for Luke in The Last Jedi so R2's got this I mean I guess he's learnt along the way that these holograms can have a good effect on people and so he uses it to help wake Gregor up to who he is and that leads back to the diner and 
Borkus brings back the armor and doesn't seem even interested in denying who he is. He thinks that Gregor is just going to choose to stay there. I mean, this comes back to what we were just talking about, I guess. Like, he believes that Gregor is going to choose, even knowing where he is, even knowing where he came from, that Gregor will choose to stay because it's better, I guess, than going out and getting killed in a war. Yeah, I mean, maybe Borkus is the kind of person that I'm talking about. I mean, nobody wants to be Borkus. I mean, let's be honest. Sure. It is kind of strange because that's what he is. He's basically saying, yeah, this is who you are. I know you're going to stay. It's better than being out there. You know, it's really kind of an interesting point of view to just lay it all out there for him. And of course, what Borkus doesn't know and what Gregor does know is that confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. <laughs> and so we get to this action highlight of the episode, the big escape scene with Gregor when he busts out his clone commando moves because we find out not only was he a clone trooper, he was a captain of a clone commando squad. So he, this guy's a special forces type of guy and we're not just told that, we're definitely shown it when he lays waste to scores of battle droids. And I really dug the way this sequence is shot and played out almost as if it was a video game in a lot of shots. We were kind of looking over Gregor's shoulder a lot more than we usually do in these action scenes and we track his laser bolts as they fire from his gun and hit the targets. And so there's that similar satisfaction to what we had when Steeler was snipering bad guys in the Onderon arc where it's almost a little bit video gamey and I enjoyed that sort of new view on it where it's like a third person shooter. It makes you feel like you're in the shoes of Gregor a little bit and it's not only the camera angles, it's the way his battle solutions involve so much shooting at explosive barrels, Robbie. I'm sure you've shot a lot of explosive barrels in your time as a gamer and especially as a Star Wars gamer. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the way that this went. I was a little taken aback by how his skills just kind of came back with no problems. But yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. There was something about it that just it felt triumphant, though. There was a, I don't know, it was like a, almost like a sense of pride watching him kind of come back into his own, you know, realize who he was and do his job. Oh, heck yeah. And it was just nicely paced and it kind of just, like you said, some of those shots were so neat looking, you know, just the way that the camera's framed and the way the action's framed. And, uh, of course, you know, you almost have to look at the battle droids as like, man, did the stormtroopers, <laughs> did they <laughs> learn from the battle droids or something? Because, man, they can barely hit anything. But it was just a lot of fun to watch and, and a lot of fun to see Gregor come into his own again. And of course, we also need to mention during this climactic action scene, Colonel Gascon and BZ is toppled and he finds himself in a lot of trouble. And when Wack comes back to try to help, the Colonel yells at Wack that the droids should save themselves. They should leave him behind. And so again, we get to see whatever faults Gascon might have. He is also fairly selfless and courageous in a lot of ways. And of course, in the end, it's Gregor who mirrors Gascon's selflessness by running back into the heavy fire to save Gascon and BZ and telling the shuttle to leave while he covers their escape. And that's when we get that triumphant scene of him laying waste to all of those bad guys, to him smashing all those enemy battle droids, while Kevin Kiner honors his courage with that swelling heavenly choir. I mean, did you hear that soundtrack, Robbie? The soundtrack was super triumphant in that moment. Oh, yeah, and it was uh, it was very moving, and it was just one of those things where it was just like, man, these clones deserve better, and they go through some stuff, right? So, I mean, it's just, it was very moving, and it's, uh, you know, as uh, Gascon said, you know, they'll be awaiting his return. Yeah, because Gregor promises, hey, you guys go, I will find my way back home, and he kind of promises, and when, you, when he says it, you kind of believe him, right? It feels like he, you believe him, and... 
So Gascon has that scene where he tells the concerned droids that Gregor is doing what a soldier does. He's laying down his life for the lives of others and they pledge that they will take Gregor's heroic story back to the Republic and they will watch for his return. And so you've just mentioned there are a ton of cool shots in this battle scene. Was your standout shot of the episode from this climactic battle or was it from another part of the episode, Robbie? It's another part of the episode, actually. My favorite shot, actually, is not from that scene at all. It's from the scene where Gregor is face-to-face with Captain Rex. Oh, boom! Snap! Is that yours? Same here, Robbie. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's just a cool shot because it's like he's looking in the mirror and he's trying to figure it out, but he's faced with who he is. It's like the most meaningful shot in that whole episode. Yep, I agree with you 100%. That's pretty much what my note says. It's the most affecting shot, and it's the moment of Gregor's awakening. And, you know, when you're a fan of the clones in general, and Rex in particular... It's so cool that even when he's not actually around, Captain Rex is so inspiring. (laughs) It's so inspiring. Captain Rex can be part of significant moments in the lives of other clones and other people. And on this occasion, that's very much thanks to R2, of course, having that hollow recording stored in those famous memory banks of his that Anakin never wipes. So once again, Anakin's decision not to wipe R2's memory banks comes in handy. And so, before we bring this one for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your third ever watch of Missing in Action, how did you like it overall, and where does Missing in Action sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Yeah, for me, even though I, I hadn't been a huge fan of this arc, this episode in particular is just really, really good and affecting. If you're on your Clone Wars journey for the first time, I think that this is one that you can't skip. You have to watch this one. Even though it may not make sense at the very beginning, maybe you've skipped uh, 510 and 511, go ahead and watch 512. I think it's something that is definitely worthy on your Clone Wars journey. So yeah, three and a quarter out of four stars for this one. Yeah, after I watched it last night, I wrote down I was going to give it eight. And after sleeping on it and getting up this morning and talking about it with you this morning, I'm giving this nine barrels of Rhydonium exploded into smithereens by Captain Gregor of the Clone Commandos, Robbie. One thing that I didn't mention was that there are also these neat little R2 moments spread throughout this episode. For example, when it's R2 who says that they can swing the shuttle around and pick up Gregor. And there's just these moments where Gascon is kind of saying, yeah, R2's right. I mean, it's been a theme of this whole arc, really. R2 knows what's going on. And so I love that these are sprinkled throughout this episode, too. Even though it's an episode that is about Gascon and Wack and Gregor, and R2's really only like the fourth main character, he still gets these fun little moments. And I also didn't mention, and we, we should have talked about, how James Arnold Taylor plays Gregor's development as his memory. You mean D. Bradley Baker? You said James Arnold Taylor. And I should have also mentioned how D. Bradley Baker plays Gregor's development as his memory returns and as his real self returns and how he changes from that softer, more understated, kind of unsure of himself voice to sounding like, I guess how we might imagine a clone commando captain would sound, where he's got that steely determination and that total confidence in his ability and that total confidence in the mission so big props to D. Bradley Baker as well I mean we're wrapping up the episode here but I even liked how as he walks through the town he's waving at the other people in the town you know this Gregor he has this other life that's established there where he's got you know I guess is that his mate is that one of his friends I don't know but once it becomes clear who he really is he's ready to leave it all behind to get the mission done to serve the mission does Oh, absolutely. It was actually one of the things that I noted, but I didn't write down, is when he waves at that guy on his way back to his apartment. It's almost that small town kind of vibe. 
which is yeah. part of the reason why I was thinking about the small town thing that I was talking about earlier. And another reason why I enjoy living out in those sort of environments, Robbie. And to be, I mean, I have good relationships with my neighbors. I'm good friends with all of my neighbors there around me as well. But, you know, small town people, aren't they friendlier as well? I think so. Well, that's Mission Accomplished for Season 5, Episode 12, Missing in Action. So, Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know if they want to talk about how much they love Missing in Action. Well, not that they love being Missing in Action themselves. I mean, this is one of the, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> how much they love this episode, Missing in Action. How can they reach us, Robbie? Well, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 100th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, which I guess is the 101st episode in the release order. But we're doing chronological order, Robbie. So that's the 100th episode. And that is Season 5, Episode 13, Point of No Return. And until then, this is your old buddy, Bucho, alongside your trusty pal, Robbie. And we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the Force be with you. It's been an honor serving with you, Colonel. R2's right. We can swing back around and pick you up. Don't worry about me. You made me remember who I am. I'll make my way home. I promise. Now go! Where is Gregor? Where is Gregor? He's doing what a soldier does. Sacrificing himself for the lives of others. Watch for your return. Whoa.